time to take the next step with Looney Libis. Step 19, sales, part one. This week, we're going to switch over from marketing to sales. And this is a topic that a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with don't really don't have any experience with. And if you can't succeed at sales, you're not going to succeed as an entrepreneur because ultimately all the money that runs the company at scale, all the money that comes in to make your company work has to come from sales. And sure, you're going to have a sales team at some point, but if you don't understand how sales works, then how are you going to hire the right salesperson? How are you going to know whether or not that person is doing a good job or not? So it really helps to have some experience with sales or at least some idea of how it really works. And how it works is not how most entrepreneurs want it to work. One of the major misconceptions is that you have the greatest idea in the world. And as soon as you tell the world that it exists, people will come flocking and knocking on your door. And you know what? They're they're not going to do that. It rarely ever happens that way. So so rarely we can just call that never. Right? And you may have a little bit of sales experience. Or you may think you have some sales experience because maybe you worked a cash register at a retail store once or a fast food joint or something like that. But you know what? That's not the hard part of sales. Taking the money from customers who have already walked in the door and ordered, that's the easy part. The hard part, the hard part is the rest of the job, at least in retail, The hard part is when the customer walks in the door and you have to go up and try and get them to buy something in the store. Again, marketing got them in the door, right? Ideally, marketing got them aware that you existed, got them in the door. You know, in the online world, they got it to your website. But sales is the process of talking to that customer and talking them through all their questions and all their objections and all their issues until they actually make the sale and hand you that money. And the reality is that most people will say no. And and here's the real issue. Here's the the real problem that comes for first-time entrepreneurs is when you shift your focus from those early days of asking people market research questions, right? Here's the problem I'm solving, and here's the solution that I'm going to build. Do you think it's a good idea? And usually 90, 95% of the people you talk to when you're talking to in, in that abstract term They'll say, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe as few as 75%. But most of the people will tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. Yes, I would buy that if it existed. Um, I like your idea. You're doing great. I think it's a great idea too. Right? That's a very common answer in market research. But when you get to the sales process of here's the problem and here's the actual solution you can buy, well, at that point, a good percentage of people saying yes is 5%. Getting 10% of the people you talk to to actually hand you money, that would be an amazing close rate. And just to be clear, that's 10% is only 1 in 10 conversation. That means that 9 times out of 10, somebody's going to say no. Or if, if you get to the normal 5% close rate, that means that 19 times out of 20, the customer is going to tell you no. Or worst case, the customer's not going to tell you no, but they're still not going to buy. And that's the reality of sales that first-time entrepreneurs really don't grok, don't get, unless they've done it before as, a, as part of their career. Now, when I teach this in class, I usually wind up showing a video, a, a snippet of a movie. It's a Will Smith movie. It's called The Pursuit of Happiness. 
Uh, let me play you a little clip from that movie. Chris Gardner calling for Mr. Walter Hahn. We were all working our way up call sheets to sign clients. From the bottom to the top. Yes, sir. From the doorman to the CEO. Okay. They'd stay till seven, but I had Christopher. I had to do in six hours what they'd do in nine. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Gardner. I'm calling from Dean Witter. In order not to waste any time, I wasn't hanging up the phone in between calls. Okay, thank you very much. I realized that by not hanging up the phone, I gained another eight minutes a day. Why, good morning to you. My name is Chris Gardner. I'm calling from Dean Witter. I also wasn't drinking water, so I didn't waste any time in the bathroom. Uh, yes, I'd love to have the opportunity. Okay, no problem at all, sir. Thank you very much. But even doing all this, after two months, I still didn't have time to work my way up a sheet. Yes, hello, my name is Chris Gardner. I'm calling from Mr. Walter Ribbon. Concerning? Yes, ma'am, I'm calling from Dean Witter. Just a moment. Hello? Mr. Ribbon. Well, uh, hello, sir, my name's Chris Gardner. I'm calling from Dean Witter. Yeah, Chris. Uh, yes, Mr. Ribbon, I would love to have the opportunity to sit with you to discuss some of our products, and I I'm certain that I could be of some assistance to you. Can you be here in 20 minutes? Uh, uh 20 minutes, absolutely. Just had someone cancel. Come now. I can give you a few minutes before the 49ers. Monday night football, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. See you soon. Bye-bye. So the point of this clip is that Will Smith's character, he's a telesales person, right? So his job, right, to call it a period piece now. It takes place in the 80s. Uh, his job is to pick up the phone, dial some numbers that the marketing department's basically found for him, warm leads or potential leads, and try and convince them to buy what he's selling. And his job is to do that all day long. And if you heard the words correctly and you understood his jargon, he hadn't yet made a sale in two months. All he got all day long was no, 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 and no. And then finally, he had this big breakthrough. The, the triumphant part of, this, of the scene was that somebody wanted to meet him, but he wanted to meet him right now. He had to get in a in a taxi and drive across town because that person wanted to talk right now. And that's the challenge of sales. You have to get in the mood of finding that needle in the haystack, of sitting down every day and making the effort to talk to as many potential customers as you can. And it depends on what you're selling, on whether that's one or 10 or 100 or 1,000 or so forth. But you have to figure out how many people can I talk to today? How many potential customers can I get to today? Because it's all a numbers game, right? Sales, if it's 5% or 10% or whatever, it's a numbers game to get enough customers who say yes. And you have to remember that in a lot of sales processes, it's not one conversation to yes. There are plenty of products that take multiple conversations. So it's not just how many new people can I talk to today, but how long do I have to wait until the person I called yesterday, can I call them again? Or emailed yesterday, can I email them again? Or sent a newsletter out yesterday with a, with a deal, how long until I can follow up and ask them if they can buy? These days, I'm personally getting a ton of email every day. I get the cold emails from places that want to sell me uh, SEO services and web design and 
uh, and app development and anything, any anything you can possibly do online, they want to sell it to me. Never heard these people before. They send me emails all the time. Uh, some of those salespeople never write me back the second time. And a lot of them will write me back three or three days later or a week later saying, ah, I haven't heard from you on that email I sent you. And some of those salespeople will just keep doing that week after week after week after week until I tell them to stop or until I just have marked it as spam enough times that it stops coming to me. To be a good salesperson, you have to think about it from the other point of view, from the person you're calling or emailing or reaching out to. What do they want? All right, so let's take a moment to think about that. What do they want? Well, the whole theory here that we're going on is that we're solving a problem that they have. All right, so first and foremost, you have to actually figure out, do they have this problem? And no matter how good your process is that you got this name of this person who you think has this problem, you don't know that until you ask. So part of your sales process has to ask, has to qualify that, that lead, as we call it, qualify that person to find out if they really have the problem that you're solving, to see if they, to find out if they truly need the solution that you have and can afford it, and it's a high enough priority right now to, to deal with it. Right? There's, there's a whole lot more to it than just you have a great product and they need it. Right? There, there are things that get in the way. And if you put yourself in their shoes and think about how often it is that you like to be approached by salespeople, well, you know, it's usually not that often. Right? Unless they have the perfect thing that you are looking for right now, right? whatever your most pressing problem is in the world, if someone calls you up and says, I have a solution to that and, it, and you can afford it, right? you probably don't want to talk to the salesperson right now. So the best salespeople, they're the ones who understand what the customer actually wants. They're the ones that can relate to those customers really well, and they're the ones that actually stop talking and ask questions. One of my favorite salespeople I worked with, he had all sorts of aphorisms he taught me. One he did not make up, I've heard it elsewhere, is you have two ears and one mouth, use them proportionally. If you want to be a great salesperson, you have to understand what your customers truly want. To understand what your customers truly want, you have to ask them what they want or engage them in a conversation so that they'll tell you what they really want, which means they're doing the talking, not you. If you're trying to talk them into the product, you're doing it wrong. If you are talking to them to try and understand what their problems truly are and what their priorities truly are, then you'll probably make more sales. And since you're an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this, I assume you're an entrepreneur, then by listening to the conversations you're having, by taking notes and understanding not just why they'll say yes, and what issues they have before they say yes, but also asking them at the end for all those conversations where they say no. If you then turn around and say, all right, well, why? Why don't you want this now? Then you'll actually understand what your customers truly want, and you'll be able to go and change your product and make it into what they want. And then your sales process will be a lot more fun because a lot more people will say yes. That's how you generally get from the 5% to the 10% is by listening to the customers and fixing the issues in your own product so that it better fits what they want. Now, there's a whole lot more to sales than just that, and we'll talk about that next week. Until then. <laughs>